2: All right, welcome to Bet the Edge. I'm Jay Croucher. Rumors of my demise have been exaggerated. I'm back after a week off here with Vaughn Dalzell while Drew Dinsick is out. Today, we're going to dive into the QB draft class with PFF's Mike Renner, including if Bryce Young should be the odds-on favorite to go number one. We'll talk a lot of Anthony Richardson, uh, the big name, and then we'll also discuss biggest rises and fallers after seeing the prospects in Indy, and then uh, I'm going to talk some sixth man of the year, some uh, Emmanuel quickly. But speaking of the association, Vaughn, how'd you how'd you enjoy the weekend and uh, and last night's games in particular?
3: LJ, March is officially here. I calculated up, my friend. I spent 26 hours watching, live betting, and writing about college basketball and NBA this weekend. I'm more exhausted than John Morant's PR team right now. But this morning, you know, I got up by the river, soaked up the sun. I'm feeling good, I want to give a shout-out, not only to Emmanuel Quickly, but to the New York Knicks because incredible run by them, nine straight now. The fans on social media this morning, uh, it was worth getting on Twitter and Instagram for them. And my last shout out, Jay, before you take over, it's the IUP Crimson Hawks. You don't know anything about them, but they're the number one seed in the NCAA D2 March Madness bracket. And that's also where I went to college. I got my two degrees, 30 and one on the year, four straight conference titles. We're winning it all, baby. If you need a D2 team to ride, it's the IUP Crimson Hawks.
2: How are you? Uh Crimson Hawks. Um, I think that's the cue to bring in uh, Mike Renner from BFF. <laughs> and, uh Let's definitely talk NFL instead. Uh, Mike, thank you for joining us. Uh, we'll get into the draft, but firstly, big news that broke about half an hour ago is that Derek Carr is uh, not going to the New York Jets, but is instead going to the New Orleans Saints. What do you think of? What do you think of the move, and what do you think of the fit? To me, it was the most logical one. I, I think the Jets set their sights a little higher. Uh, you know.
4: I think we seen what Derek Carr is and it's a quarterback that probably isn't getting you through, you know, if you were in the AFC, the AFC playoffs, and you know, he's not getting you through Mahomes, he's not getting through Burrow, Allen, whatever. But in the NFC South, you know, with what the Panthers, Falcons and Bucks are going could be thrown out next year. I um, mean, he's going to be the best quarterback in the division most likely and they should be the favorites right now. So, it makes a ton of sense from the sense from the Saints perspective, and, you know, their strategy of just kind of kicking the can trying to just do everything they can to make this core work. Um, it's not surprising. It doesn't really move the needle from a Super Bowl odds, though. Like, I still don't think there's any chance the Saints team is really a real deal contender. But in a weaker NFC, it, you know, it puts them firmly in the playoff conversation now.
2: Yep, yeah, I, I agree. agree. That. I think they were probably the best team by the end of the season in the NFC South, or certainly close the way they were playing and, and how uninspiring Tampa was. And now... Yeah, and now they get they get a quarterback who's, who's better than Andy Dalton, uh, even if he isn't in that tier <laughs> one class. What do you think, Vaughn?
3: Yeah, I mean, there's only so much more you could take of Andy Dalton and Taysom Hill combination there in New Orleans, especially with Chris Olave rising. But I did love the New Orleans Saints defense. Uh, you know, I took a shot of them 30-1 to one to make the playoffs when they were about three or four games out, and they were very close to making it. But I think the move, like Mike said, definitely an improvement a lot. But I think uh, the topic conversation today is definitely going to be centered around guys like Anthony – Richardson and not Derek Carr. Uh, so, Jay, what, you want to take that one away?
2: Yeah, well, let's, uh, let's start with Bryce Young, uh, who I think has been value in the market to go number one for a while, certainly when he was sitting at plus 150 towards the end of the college season. Now, uh, he's certainly not a lock. He's still minus 130 on points bet to go number one. But what do you think uh, of that price, Mike, and, and what are you hearing just generally about Bryce Young's chances of going one? I, I still feel really good about him going number one overall. I know Anthony Richardson's a super freak, but it, just because,
4: one, my tape evaluation, it, it was Bryce Young, QB1, not really close. Like, I I think he's unique in the skill set he brings to the quarterback position, and it is kind of how the game is being played today. His ability to create on his own is, it's unlike any prospect I've seen, like, since Patrick Holmes. I'm not calling him Patrick Holmes, but he's unlike any of the other guys we've seen in recent years. Um and then everyone I've talked to that, like, I respect their quarterback evaluation. They're like, yeah, Bryce Young's quarterback. Like, everyone said that. There's this debate about who's going to go number one overall because, you know, this team might value this, this team might value that. But pretty much everyone I've talked to is just like, yeah, Bryce Young's different. You know, he Bryce Young's be one Like, no, nothing really pointing to on tape that's worrisome besides the size. And, and so I think at the end of the day, when that many people that I've, you know, discussed with have the same opinion, I would be very surprised if the NFL came to a different conclusion.
2: Yeah, so he's so he was minus 130 on Thursday. Now in points, but he's moved into minus 176. So certainly firmed over the weekend. Any interest of that price, Vaughn?
3: I mean, it's hard to eat that juice, but I definitely think it's it's, it's worth considering here because I think we kind of talked about this last week on the episodes and Anthony Richardson, if Stain Steichen, the new head of the coach of the Colts, if he wants to fit that Jalen Hurts mold, he might want to get Anthony Richardson at four there rather than trading up to number one and letting someone else go get Bryce Young. But we saw Jim Irsay say how much he liked Bryce Young out of Alabama. And, you know, it's going to be interesting, the new head coach towards the, uh, the ownership, which direction they go. But that's certainly the team that I like Richardson to
2: go. I think Young
3: is number one overall pick. And, Mike, if I'm not mistaken, he had the number one passer rating last year of all PFF quarterbacks college football, correct?
4: Yes. Even without, you know, Jamison, even without Mechie with pretty bad receivers by Alabama standards, truthfully, he's still graded out exceptionally well.
2: Yeah. So Anthony Richardson is definitely the story out of the combine. He runs pretty fast. Uh, What team do you think will draft Richardson, Mike? Um, I think that it's kind of, it feels like it's going to be the Colts, but where's your head out there? Yeah. I mean, everyone's kind of penciling him into the Colts because of Chris
4: Ballard's track record, the GM there in Indy, and his basically emphasis on traits, you know, pretty much, Anyone he's drafted first, second round has been a high level, size, speed, athleticism frame athlete. Like that's what he covets. Um, So, obviously, if you covet that, Anthony Richardson looks like a guy in this class to draft. And so, I do think they are very much in the mix. The other one, other team that I would put as probably someone who would be really high in Anthony Richardson is. The Atlanta Falcons and the Tennessee Titans for kind of the same reason. Those are two of the run heaviest teams in the NFL. There's nothing that improves your running game more, even more so than an offensive line than a quarterback. That we saw that with the Bears this year. They led the NFL in EPA per rush because Justin Fields. You know they didn't do it because that offensive line. It's not because of David Montgomery. It's because you have that threat at the quarterback position that's so dynamic. So if you put Anthony Richardson in the same backfield as Derrick Henry. You put Anthony Richardson in the same backfield uh, there with the trio of backs that they have in Atlanta, those are dangerous rushing attacks. So uh, those would be the two teams, if he doesn't go to the Colts, that I would say will be in the vying for his services.
0: You
3: don't mind the fact that those two teams drafted quarterbacks to previous years? Like you feel like Anthony Richardson is definitely – I mean, Malik Willis and Desmond Ritter aren't going to knock your socks off by any means. Yeah. But, well, Richardson, you know, he's a much better guy here. He's just
4: physically on another level, right? He is the size at 244 to move the way he does. Um, yeah, I, I have a vastly different – those guys were not first-rounders in my book last year. That was a bad quarterback class. Richardson, though, I mean, even if, even if he fails at tight end – or excuse me, at quarterback, he's like first-round tight end, which just that was movement skill. So, yeah, Richardson is just a different level of athlete and def- different level of runner.
2: Yep. Let's talk about CJ Stroud, who for a while now has been the second guy uh, behind Young. Now he's drifted in the market in terms of uh, the odds to go first overall falling behind uh, Richardson. Stroud is now plus 450. Do you think there's any chance that a team trades up to one to get Stroud, Mike? Or what are you kind of expecting from him in the draft now? I'd be surprised if a
4: team trades up to one to get Stroud for a couple of reasons. Uh, the first being that, the Houston Texans who see that too. So like the team you'd have to jump. I, I just don't think they're picking CJ Stroud. Like they, CJ Stroud has the same agent as Deshaun Watson. You know, he, he is not going to the Texans after that whole saga are not going to want to deal anything with David Mulligan. Like they're just not like they're flat out. The, the ownership group there is just not going to want that headache. So yeah, rookie contracts are you know, guaranteed and aren't much negotiation into it, but they don't want to be raked over the coals again. So they're not drafting C.J. Stroud. I feel pretty confident about that. So if you want C.J. Stroud, you really don't have to move up to one. You just have to move up to three of them. So I, I would be surprised if you know teams, maybe if it is the Raiders, if it is the Panthers, if it is someone later on that really wants C.J. Stroud, well, you may not have to give up that massive premium to go all the way up to number one to get them.
3: Yep. I like that too. I was thinking, I want to ask you a question about the Panthers in particular, because I kind of thought that was CJ Stroud's landing spot. Yeah. You think they move up to get him? And if my question to you too, is because you mentioned something that piqued my interest about how weak last year's quarterback class is. it was very obvious, but of all these quarterbacks say Stroud was in next year's class or last year's class, Levis was, are these guys clear number one picks or top three picks in last year's draft uh, compared to where they are now?
4: I think so um now it's obviously in the eye of the beholder you'll have different opinions based off different uh, evaluators but i think very much so these are guys that you know maybe not necessarily anthony richardson maybe it's a little too much of a project but that they have the kind of tools and skill set that if there's no other quarterback available on the board and you really need one they probably go number one now are they like getting traded up for the number one pick is he going to Fire sale for it, probably not. They're probably not that caliber prospect, but I do think they are all guys who, in any given year, if there's no one else, they probably go at the top.
2: Now, Will Levis is maybe the most polarizing guy uh, among the top quarterbacks. Uh, For a while, I thought there might be some value on him in the 12-1, to to 15-1 range to go number one, particularly with the buzz that the Colts, um, you know, he might be their type of guy. But it seems like that's fallen off a little bit. Is he now the clear number four in the QB draft class, Mike?
4: Yeah, it's difficult to really say. So after Bryce Young, who I think is the number one overall pick, it's difficult to really say where they then come off the board, Um, you know, how it gets sorted out there, because as I just said, if you know someone leapfrogs, say the Titans leapfrog, the Texans draft Bryce Young. Well, Texans aren't drafted C.J. Stroud because of what I just mentioned. And, and I don't think they have kind of will want to have that high risk of you know, starting an Anthony Richardson next year. Whereas Will Levis is very NFL ready, played under two former Shanahan offense coordinators or Shanahan tree coordinators. And now you have a Shanahan tree coordinator going to Houston, Texans, where that could be the pick. If Bryce Young's ready off the board for the Houston Texans, so um, I think this class is very much eye of the beholder. What do you value? Um, I think Levis one of the more NFL-ready plays from the pocket more so than any of these other guys. But I do think, you know, when all the chips are on the table, I'm not sure he's a guy you are compared to the others that you are kind of moving heaven and earth to go get that you're really falling in love with. You're kind of just like, yeah, I think Levis can be like solid. In my, head. you're not, he's not that caliber of prospect that you're deeply falling in love with to go up and get near pick one, pick two.
3: I want to ask you this before we talk about some other risers, some other people that made differences with their draft stocks in the combine. If we see, cause we don't have draft props out on propositions yet. Uh, mm-hmm. But Will Levis, could he be a guy that drops past like the commanders around 15, 16, if he fall, could he fall beyond that in this draft?
4: I'd be very surprised just because, he does kind of the things that traditional quarterback evaluators love. You know, he, like like I said, he plays from the pocket. He's a guy who's going to run, you know, the sort of play call almost to a fault. Like he holds onto the ball and will like hold on to it in the pocket to try to make something happen there. And that's something that, you know, GMs scouts love, like they play from the pocket is something you'll hear mentioned again and again, they don't want guys freestyling. And doing their own thing they want the guys that are going to run their ski because coaches are have some hubris too so he does that he has the size he has the arm strength he has uh, you know the experience against sec competition that i just think a lot of nfl evaluators just be like i really like to get it kind of in that almost daniel jones-esque tier where it's just like i feel comfortable with this guy and so I, when there's so many teams that are going to need it or want quarterbacks it'd be surprising for me to f- see ones really pass on him. If he does, If he is there for the Raiders and they need one, if he is there for the Panthers and they need one, um, it'd be surprising if that's the only guy on the board and they still pass.
2: Yeah, I think Levis is almost the caricature of a guy who looks the part it's fitting that mold all right before we get into some stock up stock down out of the combine a reminder that there is a new mlb season new rules new stars so pair it with the roto world baseball draft guide get all the player profiles rankings and projections you need to get your draft out of the park go to mbcsportsedge.com slash draft guide and use the code pennant 25 to save 25 percent at checkout
0: remember the tie cave rescue
5: It's time to get your swagger back with PointsBet Sportsbook. New customers can sign up now with the code BETTHEEDGE to get five second chance bets up to $500. That's five straight days of second chances where PointsBet will match your losing wager in free bets. So use the promo code BETTHEEDGE and enjoy more live betting markets than ever before. PointsBet, it's your move. New customers only, must be 21 plus and present in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Virginia, or West Virginia. In partnership with Louisiana iGaming LP, DBA Boomtown, New Orleans. Second chance means that if any of your first five cash bets, that is the first bet per day for five consecutive days on a fixed odds market loses, you will receive free bets in the amount of the losing wager up to $100 each. Cash out is not available on all wagers and may not be equivalent to the initial initial wager. PointsBet can disable or suspend the cash out feature at any time. Additional terms and conditions apply. See the promotions page and terms and conditions section of the PointsBet website app for more details. Void where prohibited. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help in Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, or West Virginia, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services or visit www.1800GAMBLER.net. In Colorado or Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. In Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. In Indiana, Call 1 800 9 with it. In Michigan, call 1 800 270 7117. In Virginia, call 1 888 532 3500. Gambling problem? Call 877 8 Hope, New York, or text Hope, New York. That's 467 369. In New York, call 1 800. Gambler. In Pennsylvania, call 1 877 770 STOP. That's 1 877 770 6867. In Louisiana.
2: All right. Uh, Combine just happened. Uh, Which players do you think stock rose the most out of the combine, Mike?
4: If I had to pick one guy who really upped his stock, truthfully, I think it's Jackson Smith and Jigba. Because, I mean, he put up kind of, you know, all-time three-cone short shuttle, and then his on-field drills were insane. And the last time we really saw him, he was a sophomore. Um, You know, no one... No one thought of Justin Jefferson as a top prospect as a sophomore. You know, like he he underwent massive physical development from sophomore to junior year. And with Smith and Jigba, I mean, maybe he did the same. You know, maybe he really got better as an athlete. And we just didn't see it. You know, the guy who dominated college football as a sophomore but came with like, what kind of athlete is he? What's his real speed? Well, didn't run the 40, but... To test the way he did at his size, nearly identical to a guy like Julian Edelman, who is kind of your prototype for the role you would want Jackson Jackson Smith and Jigba to play. He is that big slot who can also play a little on the outside, but is just reliable as can be as a route runner. I think after that, teams are really feeling good about his floor as a player in the league. And then at that point, you know, when you're a high floor wide receiver in today's NFL, you know everyone's looking for that. So I think he could go a lot higher than maybe he was getting rumored to go
3: prior to the combine. I absolutely love that. Cause last week we had Connor Rogers on and he was saying how Smith and Jigba is his favorite receiver. And I said, this could be the Justin Jefferson of this class if he's not taken first overall. So I love the comparison that we're both thinking kind of similar here. And we've seen his odds come up to plus 200 uh, Quinn Johnson still plus 110 as a favor to be drafted as a first receiver, but he's also got the size, you know, six, three, six, four frame run at 215 220 that could run that four, 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 five. so no surprises there but I definitely like the smithing jigba Jigba breakdown um who do you believe took a hit as anybody their stock might have followed because there's probably a decent bout of guys you know I'd probably say Jordan Addison or Kayshawn Butte yes. would be two if we're talking receivers still um but do you have anybody in particular
4: yeah I think Addison was the one that really kind of stuck out to me Butte too but his tape was I, I, w- I didn't think anyone was going to draft him highly. Uh, he was checked out this past year and, and probably checked out in his pre draft workouts here because he's not, those were awful, like legitimately awful for what he looks like on tape. But the Addison one, like he he's, was in the mix for wide receiver one. You talk to someone, you know, this wide receiver class, it's not a banner class by any means, but you talk to a different person, someone will have wide receiver as in as wide receiver one, depending on the board. So he's got a lot of fans, but it's hard to really go to bat for a guy who's. 5'11", 173, you know, barely broke four five in the forty. So really short. You're not really short, but really small. One seventy three, like in the same realm as what Devonte Smith was coming out. And, and Devonte Smith, one of his biggest selling points is that well, he's got massively long arms. Devonte Smith's got like a six six wingspan, despite only being six foot. Jordan wingspan wingspan's like six one. So a different animal altogether in the kind of game he can play. And then to not be fast, like that's a scary profile when you have other options at the receiver position. So it, it would not surprise me. And, and honestly, at this point with that kind of pre draft testing, I think you'll see Johnston. I think you'll see JSN. And I think you'll see Zay Flowers all taken before Addison comes off the board.
2: Yep. Always good to close on a note of uh, negativity, uh, Mike, with Stocked <laughs> Out. Uh, but thanks very much for joining us today. Can you tell people uh, where to follow you and uh, what you're working on at the moment? Yeah, follow me.
4: It's right there on the screen. PFF underscore Mike on Twitter. I have a new update of the PFF draft guide coming out next Monday with all the combine data, all the pros and cons, 150 prospects in it, all the PFF data you love. It's well worth a subscription. So that's pretty much all I got. And then draft, draft mock draft sim on pff.com is pretty cool too if
2: you're a draft fanatic like myself. There you go. All right, well, thanks very much for joining Mike and uh, everyone be sure to check out Mike's stuff leading up to the draft and beyond. Thanks, Mike. For sure, thanks for having me. Cool. All right, before we talk about my favorite subject on planet Earth, Emmanuel, quickly, a reminder to download the RotoWorld World app to receive breaking player news all season long. Stay ahead of the competition by favoriting players on your roster, get the latest injury updates, player news, and much more delivered right to your phone. It's available in the App Store today. All right, Vaughan, six man of the year. Let's do it. Let's talk about it. Uh, this has been. We got some beef. This is going to be yeah. hard,
3: me and you today. People are going to enjoy
2: this. Go ahead. Yeah, it's become a it's become a, a national news story now. The six man of the <laughs> year market. We've got uh, David Purdom tweeting out how Emmanuel quickly was he was five hundred to one to win six man of the year, and now he is uh, on points bet the odds on favorite to win. Some books are. A, Uh, as aggressive as minus 220 on quickly to win six man of the year is minus 170 but pretty much everyone now uh, is in to minus money and I think the thing with this market is that the past six weeks Vaughn if you'd asked me who deserved to win six man of the year I would have said Emmanuel quickly the entire time but it was I, up till a week ago, I didn't think he had actually any shot of winning because the way this award typically goes is that it values points per game. Uh, and so your traditional candidates would be guys like Norm Powell and Christian Wood and Tyrese Maxey had he qualified. Um, but I think the fact that one that Malcolm Brogdon was the favorite and is only averaging 14.6 points per game. That opened the door for quickly, who, by the way, after last night, after the game of his career on national television in a double OT win against the championship favorite, he's up to 13.4 points per game. So the gap between him and Brogdon isn't that big. And then the other thing is he plays for the New York Knicks, Uh, New York media market, and also particularly with the Bucs winning streak over. The Knicks are the story at the NBA mm-hmm. right now and quickly was just the face of their signature win of the entire season. And now everyone knows who he is. And now everyone after last yeah. night knows how good he is. And I think that people, including Richard Jefferson on the broadcast, kind of throughout the course of that one game started to realize <laughs> how good Emmanuel quickly is. And now I think he is rightfully the favorite to win this award but anyway enough of me talking Vaughn. what do you think about this market what do you think about quickly
3: no those are all those are all great points about being a quickly supporter here and you know i'm not going to sit here and say like i'm, I'm not going to hate on quickly whatsoever i'm going to make more points of why i still feel like brogdon is should be the favorite why brogdon is the is the guy to win this award but i'm also a person holding brogdon at 16 to 1 to win this award so i don't want to see it just just slip out of my grasp right now. I've had a great number. But quickly in his first two months of the season, he was the 500, 200 to one type of guy. He was averaging under 10 points per game, but he's averaged 13 or more in the rest of his games. But what I'll note is a lot of the games that quickly has really popped off and have caught people's attentions, He started those games like last night. He has 11 starts under his belt, 54 off the bench, which is the exact same number that Malcolm Brogdon has off the bench. So I'm going to read you these guys' numbers Off the bench this year, it's Brogdon at the 14.6 points per game number you said, 3.7 assists, 4.1 rebounds, and 25.4 minutes. Oddly enough, quickly off the bench has the same exact minutes per game and games played as Brogdon, and it's 12.2 points per game, 3.9 rebounds, 2.8 assists. So his numbers are all lower than Brogdon's in the same exact minutes, games played, but quickly as the starter has popped off, averaging 19 minutes per game and 41 minutes per game. Uh, When you're playing 41 minutes as a starter sometimes, you know, your number's going to be boosted up. But like you said, I feel like everyone now seeing how good he really is now that they're they're becoming the story has pushed this line. And the last thing I'll mention, Brogdon is a scorer as well. Brogdon has 14 games of 20-plus points off the bench this year. Quickly has seven. Um, that's, That's significant in my mind. So I still like Brogdon, but I understand all the quickly hype and that line pushing it. I'm going to wait until this moves back to plus 200 or so. Hopefully, it does. And then I'll grab it quickly as a hedge because I missed the Friday price. But I understand the quickly hype. Still give me Brogdon. Give me my man Malcolm.
2: Yeah, you, you might have to wait a while, um, eternity, to get back that opportunity. That <laughs> eternity. I think.
3: Brogdon's I think coming back. He's
2: the coming case back. with quickly is that. It goes beyond you know, the, the basic counting stats of points per game. And look, Brogdon's a better shooter from three and, and all that type of thing. It's the fact Rebounder, that passer. like, he has, he has the best on-off rating for the New York Knicks. They are significantly better with him on the floor. The Celtics are worse when Malcolm Brogdon is on the floor. And then defensively, quickly has the best on-off defensively in the entire league. When he's on the floor, the Knicks have the best defense in the NBA. When he's off, They have a bottom two defense. And you saw it last night. Like he's swatting Jalen Brown. Uh, He's He's running everywhere. everywhere. You can't can't screen him. He's unbelievable defensively. And now the fact that he's adding this scoring to his game, like last night, every time Julius Randle got the ball, I was expecting him to get stripped. Uh, He was, he was, (laughs) was fine in the end, seven turnovers though. And then RJ Barrett, who is always a bit of a slog to watch, quickly was their best guy offensively last night in a game against one of the best defenses in the NBA. So I think the combination of, like he destroys Brogdon, he destroys everyone in all the advanced stats. And I thought previously that voters just wouldn't look into that. But I Mm -hmm. think the fact that he plays for the Knicks and the fact that they're playing so well and they're the story is that now people are looking into the on-off. They are looking into, you know, his estimated plus minus, all of that stuff, his on-off. So Brogdon certainly has the more traditional case. But I think that with Quickly, particularly off of last night, where when voters now, when they're thinking about this award at the end of the season and they're thinking about Quickly versus Brogdon, first thing they're going to think of is that game last night um, where Quickly has the game of his career. So, certainly, I don't yeah. think it's done by any means, but um, I do think that it is Quickly's, he's on the path now. And uh, and also, I think this is a two horse race now. I yeah. don't know anyone else can win. Outside yeah that's exactly
3: what i was gonna say don't even think about going with norman power or tyrese Maxey. those days are long gone it's a two it's a two-man race and i think one of the things besides the advanced statistics i think you make a great point with all of those i think the most uh interesting point you said there is quickly also just got that signature moment yeah. uh as well too uh brogdon really doesn't have a signature moment him being hurt right now definitely doesn't help his case when he comes back i think it still becomes a two-man race but I agree. I think quickly does have the upper advantage right now.
2: Yep. Well, I'm sad that we're going head-to-head on this one, Vaughn, but I'm glad that we it's could do okay. it uh, amicably, amicably, and, uh, and both. The, make uh, yeah.
3: loser, loser buys the other one a jersey or a shirt or something, no?
2: Yeah. Or, or, or winner, scary, or right? winner buys the other one, <laughs> something, yeah. money. Um, there you go. <laughs> uh, let's quickly wrap. Anything in the association that you like tonight, Vaughn?
3: Uh, yeah, briefly, I have a couple plays I do uh, critique my interest. I'll be writing about on the NBC Sports Edge website. The 76ers first half team total over 61 and a half, a huge number, Jay, but they've scored 64 and 66 against those pesky Indiana Pacers. And those Pacers just got the dub over my Chicago Bulls last night in a game that went very extensive, 125 or 122. Pacers should be a little tired. No to bias. And uh, no P.J. Tucker questionable for this one, possibly. But that means more Embiid and Harden. So I like the team total in the first half. And this one you might not like. Uh, The Hawks plus three at the Heat. These teams two just met on Saturday. The Heat beat them. The Hawks, uh, Trey Young had eight points. DeJounte Murray, 10 points. The two combined of five of 27 from the field, zero of 10 from three. And these guys lost by eight points. Fifth game in five days for the Heat. Hawks did not have to go anywhere for the last couple of days. They stayed in Miami. I think it's a good bounce back spot for the Atlanta Hawks. So Hawks plus three Sixers first half team total over 61 a half for my two plays in the association. What about you? I, I, uh,
2: yeah, I I like the look on the Hawks. I think that they've got so much more talent than their record has produced to this point. Uh, And I think that Snyder uh, is a legit coach and uh, I would project them going forward to be about as good as the heat. If, potentially not even better. And uh, I think that's certainly one to watch and and to pounce on the Hawks' division price if, uh, if they get a lead, uh, a sizable lead in that game. And okay. I will be in Philadelphia uh, tonight for the Sixers-Pacers game uh, to do a bet cast. Um,
3: Don't steal maybe, my bet.
2: Yeah, yeah, maybe I'll write <laughs> Um, so, yeah, I'll certainly be, uh, be hoping that that the James Harden train rolls on. He's another one of my crusades, Vaughn. Um, Nicole Jokic, MVP, quickly sixth man, and James Harden's the most underrated player in the NBA. No financial interest in that one. That's pure uh, crack, Want James huh? Harden to get some respect. All yeah. right. I want, I
3: want to you, – you don't know how uh, – normally when, when Drew and I do a show together, we have, we have a bonus bet out there, so I wanted to, uh, you know, do a little bonus bet. I know you have no idea. This happens probably, but I'm going to give you the option of a bonus bet too. I've, I've already pre ordered this for you, all right? So my bonus bet is South Alabama plus the one and a half today. They're going to win the Sun Belt Fun Belt, okay? Defense has been ridiculous this weekend. I still have three days watching this team. They allow their opponents 14 out of 55 from three, Jay, 25%. They had 18 steals and 13 blocks. Disgusting team. Uh, they're going to be a problem as a 15 seed more than likely. So I like South Alabama. And your, your bonus bet can be whether you want those Dayton Flyers that let you down against me when VCU won the a 10 regular season title. Dayton's the favorite to win the a 10 title as the two seed at plus 180. VCU's plus 220. Who do you want? I'll let you pick.
2: Yeah, I'm a Dayton guy. I'm a Dayton guy through and through. All, so yeah, never given up on Dayton. All right, we'll go head to head. Dayton will be my quickly. You can have VCU Brogdon's. All right, don't on. forget to check out mbcsportsedge.com for more information to help you with your wages. Thanks to those watching on the NBC Sports YouTube channel. And if you're listening to us in podcast form, don't forget to subscribe and rate us. Thanks again to Mike Renner from PFF. Thanks to you, Vaughn Dalzell. Uh, and from me, we will see you tomorrow.